hath anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Anybody who is poor in spirit, poor in finances, poor in health. The Lord has declared that I bring you the good news this morning in the name of Jesus. He has sent me to comfort any broken hearted. To proclaim that any captive will be released this morning. And all prisoners will be freed in the name of Jesus. He has also sent me to tell you that anybody mourning at this time. The Lord's favor has come to you in the name of Jesus. And with it the day of God's anger against your enemies. To all those who mourn. It says in Israel. But we know that this is our own country. Nigeria. He'll give us a crown of ashes. He'll give us a crown of beauty for our ashes in the name of Jesus. And a joyous blessing instead of mourning. I didn't like your, I don't like your amen. And thirsty praise, praise instead of despair. And in your righteousness, you'll be like great oaks. And that the Lord has planted in his own glory. With that this morning, I bring you a message that I have titled, Rest Assured. rest assured and many of us will know that we have been talking about rest for instance let me read my key text to you and then we're going to take our opening hymn and then we're going to sit down for the word it's found in philippians 1 verse 6 and i've chosen the amplified classic version for emphasis it says i am convinced and sure of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ right up to the time of his return. Developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. Amen. I've asked for him to help me deliver this word and it's titled Blessed Assurance. Instead of our normal hymn. Please sing it with understanding this time. Oh 
Heavenly Father, I thank you for the grace and the privilege to stand before your people this morning to speak to them as you have spoken to me. I ask that, Lord, the same way that it was delivered to me, even in greater measure, let it be delivered to your people in the name of Jesus. Many of us came with worries this morning. We were troubled when we came here. But by the end of this message, Father Lord, you would have lightened our burden in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning again, church. Again, I thank God for the privilege of standing before you and sharing the word. Thank you, Pastor Etefia. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Can you please help me celebrate Pastor Etefia? Permit me this morning to uh, recognize a father that is worshipful with us, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Tony Okewo, a senior brother. You probably hear from them later on. Thank you very much, sir, for joining us this morning. That scripture that I read to you, let me now read it for you in the New Living Translation. It says, I am certain, I am certain. That God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. The God, I am certain, the other one version, Amplified Classic says, I am convinced, I am confident I know these things. I am assured in this thing that the Lord who started a good work in you has the ability, the capability, the desire to bring it to a finish. And so shall it be for you and I in the name of Jesus. A few weeks ago, our pastor returned from rest and he started preaching to us about rest. But I'm not sure how many of us have caught that vision of rest. And the more that we, I studied into it, I realized that it is the kernel. It is the core of God's word to us. You cannot be a true servant of God if you do not understand God's rest. And I remember the first slide he showed us. He said something about the best of God. The rest of God is the best Okay, then, to get the best of God is to get into the rest of God. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? So, let me ask you a question. How many of us came to church this morning worried about one aspect of our lives or the other? Truth. Truthfully, come on. If you're a Christian, alright, is there somebody? Even me preaching... So, it means that the word the man of God brought, you didn't hear it? Did you hear it? Are you truthfully resting? Don't speak Christianese to me now. Let me, let me show you something. In Hebrew 4 verses 1 to 3, I'm going to read that. It says, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, that some of you might fail to experience it. Which means, if we preach rest from here till next year, 
Some people may not still enter that rest. It's the Bible. I didn't write it. I'm only preaching it. For this good news that God has prepared is for this good news that God has prepared his rest and has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did no good. Why? Because they didn't share in the faith of those who listen to God. Grace Assembly, are you listening to God in this season? You know, I was speaking to, I think it was Brother Bright Kalab yesterday morning. And he was assuring me, do you know we seem to have forgotten the word for this year? How many of us remember the word for this year in this church? We have forgotten. Total dependence on God. We started with total dependence on God. We are almost finishing with rest in God. Is that a coincidence? Total, complete dependence. And I said, thank you, sir, for bringing that to my notice. We even mouth it when we do, what's that our prayer that Pastor Steve liked? We mouth it. We mouth it. Total dependence on God. Yet, we are not even dependent on him. We are still fearful. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. It says, for only who we believe can enter into his rest. If you do not believe, you cannot enter into the rest of God. Let me jump to verse 5 of that same scripture. It says, for we know it is ready. That is this rest. Because of the place in scripture where it mentions the seventh day. The seventh day. On the seventh day, even God rested from his work. And this made me to start imagining. Was God tired? Was God tired? This great God, was he tired? Can he be tired? So why did he rest on the seventh day? Have you ever thought about it? God can be tired. He rested on the seventh day so that he could institute rest for you and I. He knew that there are people who will still not believe in the rest. So he says, let me decree rest. Let it me, God, that I cannot be tired. I choose the seventh day to be to rest. Maybe you would even listen to me. So let's talk about this seventh day a bit. It says in Hebrew, it says, On that seventh day, God rested from all his works. But in the other passage, God said, They will not enter, never enter into my rest. May that not be your portion in the name of Jesus. That even after I have instituted it, I have shown you the example, you still are not resting. So, let's look at this Sabbath day a bit. Exodus 20, and I'm going to be reading verses 8 to 11. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. 
nor you or your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your cattle, your stranger, and whoever is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, what did the Lord do? He blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now, I went further to check out, do you actually know that Sabbath means rest? Sabbath means rest. The definition of Sabbath is rest. So when you are Sabbathing, you are resting. Check it out. Sabbath means rest. It means, and I talk about the fact that God instituted it. But guess what happened? That was in the Old Testament. So every seventh day, you are supposed to observe Sabbath. Now see what Jesus did. Let me show you something in the Bible. Go to Luke 6. Luke 6. Give me Luke 6, verses 6. It says, now it happened. This now Jesus. On another Sabbath, also, he entered the synagogue and taught. And a man was there whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely. Remember, you are not supposed to do any work on Sabbath day. You are supposed to keep it holy. Everybody, don't do any work. So they were looking at Jesus if he would heal on the Sabbath. That they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man whose hand had withered, Arise and stand here. And he arose and stood like somebody is going to arise from this service in the name of Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? To save life or to destroy? And when he had looked around at them all, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. And somebody will be restored today in the name of Jesus. I realized that many, many miracles Jesus performed was on the Sabbath. Why? Jesus came to demystify the Sabbath. Let me explain that to you. You are waiting for a miracle every seventh day. Jesus said, since I have come and I am the rest of God, every day can be Sabbath to you. You didn't get that. You don't have to wait till the seventh day before you are healed. You don't have to wait till the seventh day before you go into the temple that you are healed. I, the Lord of the Sabbath, I am here. And every day can be Sabbath for you. Because Sabbath is no longer a day, but it is an experience. Sabbath is an experience. So, believe you me, you can live a completely restful life. And I'll come back, I'll, I'll, I'll come to that. Hmm. Let, 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 let's talk. So, because of this, Hebrew 4, 11 said, you know, you can therefore be diligent to enter into that rest. Be diligent. What does diligent mean? That means purposefully, consciously, strategically, don't stray into rest. Walk into rest. Plan into rest. Think into rest. Because you know what? Jesus, by going to the grave, 
by dying and resurrecting, he has declared that your entire life can be Sabbath. Whether it's in the morning, whether it's in the afternoon, whether it's in the evening, you can live a life of Sabbath, a life of rest. And so shall it be for you and I in the name of Jesus. So why? You know what? When you are not resting, you are fretting. Mm. When you are not resting, you are doing what? And Jesus said, if you are not gathering with us, what are you doing? It's like a coin. A coin will fall on different sides. You cannot be in the middle. If you are not, if you are not worrying, you are fretting. You are either restful or you are fretful. Which one are you this morning? You are either restful or you are fretful. Now, let me tell you something. Because somebody would think that, oh, come on. Pastor, why are you talking down at us? Maybe you do not have any problems. I have plenty problems. But guess what? None of them is going to steal my joy. How many of you saw me dancing with pastor last week? The day before, my wife had just been diagnosed with COVID-19. But you know what? I knew it was a trick of the devil. I didn't even tell him. I didn't even tell him. I didn't, he only found out yesterday. She's still recovering from it. You know why? You know who you are in Christ. You know who you are. Why are you fretful? Why do you worry? Let me, let me take this message a bit further. Another name for fretting is worrying. What does God have to say about worry? Please quickly follow me. I'm going to read about nine verses. I hope I can finish them all. I'll just, you can go and read at home. Matthew 6, 25 to 34. It says, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. Is that, is not life more than food and body more than clothing? He says, look at the birds in the air. For they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into bands, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more? Are you not of more value than they? Which of you are like this? By worrying can add one cubit to his stature. There are some of us, we are worried when we are not worried. Mm. Some of us, uh, what's wrong with me? I'm not worrying. I should be worried that I'm not worried. You can read the rest of that scripture at home. And I'm sure most of you, for reason of time. But let me go to Philippians 4, 6 to 7. It says, be anxious. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace, I like this. The peace of God. The peace of God. Which does what? 
surpasses all understanding. Hold on. What does it mean? It surpasses the understanding of indebtedness. It surpasses the understanding of barrenness. It, under, it surpasses the understanding of sickness. It surpasses the understanding of troubled marriage. It surpasses the understanding of troubled children. It surpasses the understanding of failed business. And it says what? Let it. It will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. There's a hymn, there's a song we remembered as we were praying yesterday in, at the uh, push meeting. Can somebody remember that? He never sleep, he never slumbers, he never tired of fearing your way. When we are weak, he becomes stronger. So do what? So rest in his love and cast all your care. So rest in his love. So rest in his love and cast all your care on him. Who are you resting on? What are you resting on? That song took a new meaning to us yesterday. We must have, I don't know how many times we repeated it. Because the understanding came afresh. He says we should rest. When you rest, the man of God said, wherever you say rest, it, it means lean on. Why do you call God a tofarazi when you are not resting on him? You know what a tofarazi means? A tofarazi means somebody I can reliably Lean on. Who are you resting on? Let me ask you, or let me, how, how do we remain restful even in the challenging times that we have? Because somebody should ask me that question. One, stay in the word. Stay in the word. Stay in the word. You know, there's no situation that you are going through that is not in the Bible. The solution is not in the Bible. If you look far enough. You know, I've come to understand God that if things are not working for me, it's not me. It's not God. It must be me. Because I stay so focused. He said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your what? Faith. Just remain in that word. Bible says that come on, Jesus was one who said it. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll do what? I will give you rest. That rest is found in the word of God. Matthew eleven twenty eight. You must learn to trust God completely. You must learn to love. You know what? I, I, I always like reading that scripture of Daniel. You know, and the, 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 the three Hebrew children, the three Hebrew children said that if God does not save us, so be it. Read it. it as a matter of fact, I like the preceding. They didn't call him king anymore. Onebu, you have passed. You understand me? Onebu, guess what? If God will not save us, 
So be it. As a Christian, you must get to the point that you will say, guess what? If God does not come for me, so be it. It's a difficult place to be, but honestly, God will come for you. What do you think evoked the fourth person in the fire? If you are in a fire and you give God all your all, he will come for you. The same way he came for the three Hebrew children. It's a good place to clap for Jesus. Number two, quickly, complain less and praise more. You cannot complain and praise at the same time. For you to be rest assured, you have to complain. You know, I didn't understand it. I had a friend, or I have a friend. He's a pastor. And his son was um, autistic or he had some, you know. And he kept on saying to me, this boy will be well. You know, and I'll think and I'll say, are you sure that this boy will be well? Eventually, the boy died. But that's not the story. The story is that till the very end, my friend believed that God has the capability of saving his son. And maybe he chose not to save his son. But not because God is incapable. Because he chose to do. His ways are not our ways. We are not God. Complain less. Praise more. Number three, make room for God. Make room for God. There are some of us, we want our things so perfect that we have removed God from it. I can do it by myself. I am organizing it by myself. Oh, I've got the capability. Where is the room for God in your issue? When you have done it by yourself, then there's no point. God does not take the praise anymore. He leads you to your devices. Make room for God. So, no matter how well you plan something, it can go wrong. It is the hand of God. Make room for God. Number four, always encourage yourself in the Lord. No matter the situation. No matter the situation. Always, I like people who encourage me a lot. I avoid people who tell me, eh? Ha! I want people who encourage me. There's a cousin of my wife. There's nothing you tell her in the world. I've never seen her fret. I've never seen her fret. I admire her so much because she will encourage you. But first, you must encourage yourself the same way David encouraged himself in the Lord. Turn to your neighbor, say, encourage yourself. Look for another customer and say, encourage yourself. Number five, look for the good in every situation. Did you hear me? Look for the good in every situation. Likewise, look for the good in every person. There are some of us that we are quick to condemn. I'm always looking for the good in a situation. Because guess what? My Bible tells me that how can somebody end up in the palace from the prison? Does it make sense? Where is the root? When you want to go to the palace, you have to go to 
a school that teaches you how to become royalty. He didn't go to that preaching. He went to the prison. But like I said, what was Joseph doing in the prison? He was rationing food. When he became prime minister, what was he doing? He was also rationing food. So let me tell you, the thing that you are going through is preparing you for the big thing that God has ahead for you. So instead of you whining, instead of you, look for the good in the thing. Look for the good. There's a good that God wants to bring out of this situation. The Lord will help us in the mighty name of Jesus. Number six, keep your eye on the big picture. Keep your eye on the big picture. Joseph could have compromised, but he kept his eye on the big picture. Daniel could have compromised, but he kept his eye on the big picture. Esther could have compromised, but she kept her eye on the big picture. Some of us, our egos are too fragile. Our egos are like balloons. Any small thing, somebody talk to her. Is it me that you are talking to? You know, I say something. If you take I out of a situation, I out of that situation, you realize that everything else looks small. Just try it. Every time you want to get upset. Every time you want to. Because let me tell you what. The devil knows. Look at what he did to Moses. After all the work Moses did, Moses was justifiably angry on behalf of God. But he missed the big picture. So sometimes the devil will set things before you so that you will derail. Keep focus. Just keep focus. Don't miss the ball. Recognize it when the devil wants to test you and you will not fail in the name of Jesus. I said you will not fail in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> the devil is a liar. Six things that we have said. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. Allow me to do something as I close my message. I want us to sing the third stanza of that hymn. Blessed assurance. Now, look at it in context with what I have just said. Look at it in context with what I have just said. Third stanza of that. Just, it says, perfect submission. Perfect submission. You cannot rest in God if you are not perfectly submitted. You cannot rest if there is no perfect submission. It says, all is at rest. Because I have submitted. Because I have, I have I am at rest, not because things are good, but because I have perfectly submitted. Let's take it. Let's take it. Raise your hands. Oh, 
Tell somebody your story this morning. This is my story. This is my song. Tell your story. Praise my Saturday and they said to me, Brother Jeremy has been shot. I said, is he okay? He said, no. He's dead. Assassins came into his house and shot him. And the person who called me said, that's not all. His son, Shegun, has also been shot dead. As they were leaving the house, they met the boy downstairs and they shot him too. So I had the task of breaking the news to his wife that her husband was dead and one of her sons was dead. And I remember getting into that house and I saw him on the floor with a bullet wound. And the thing in me wanted to break down, 
naturally. But God said to me that I will give you strength. If you break down, what are all these people going to do? So man of God, thank you for drawing my attention to something that I did not even know I had. I reflected on it overnight. It wasn't because I was not scared. It wasn't because I was not sorrowful. But I had a blessed assurance in God. I didn't know what it was. But all things must work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And that is the grace that I live with you this morning. That is the grace I live with you this morning. That everything that you are going through, if you are a child of God, if you are working with God, no matter what, it must come together. It is an experience. But because Jesus has redesigned Sabbath, that you should enter into that experience and remain in that experience, you are just having the experience of what you call the day of preparation, which is the day before Sabbath. Because when you enter into your Sabbath, it will be complete rest for you and I in the name of Jesus. I leave you with one final scripture and it's found in John 14, 27. John 14. It says, peace, I live with you. Peace, I live with you. And I remember when one of our brothers, Brother Vitalis, preached this message. He spoke on this scripture. He said, why is it that every time God, uh, Jesus entered into a place, he won't say, this is agege bread, take. He will say, peace, I give to you. Peace, I give to you. Why? He says, my peace that I give to you is not as the world gives to you. The peace of the world is troubled. But the peace of God is passeth all understanding. He says, it's not as the world gives to you, do I give to you. Therefore, therefore, finally grace assembly. If you are in this auditorium or you are hearing me from anywhere, God said to tell you, no matter the worry that you came here with, no matter the problem that you came here with, no matter the issues that have been following you from the beginning of this year till this moment, he says to tell you, Grace Assembly, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be what? Afraid. I thought you would celebrate God. My work is done this morning. He who has ears, let him hear. There is a rest that is assured for you. It is your choice whether you want to enter it or not. By reason of this message, you are supposed to drop all your worries. You are supposed to drop all your cares. We will no longer be responsible if you pick them up when you are going. Leave them here. Leave them in this church. We know what to do with Hello? Jesus is here. We know what to do with it. From this moment, you are free and you are free indeed.
Thank you. Please be seated. Father, we thank you for the grace of the word. We ask that let this word be multiplied in our lives in the name of Jesus. Let that word, let this word that we have heard this morning, let it not stand against us, but let it do us good in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Have you been blessed this morning? I don't hear you. Have you been blessed this morning? Do you like today's word? Do you like today's word? How many of us have dropped our worries? How many of us have dropped our worries? Okay. As you have dropped your worries, all right, it's time for you to.